Hello, I'm Dennis Jers, your door-to-door storyteller, and I'd like to give you a story. This story is called Two Poets by Kelsey McIntyre. One dewy morning, in search of the sort of poetic inspiration that can only come from contemplating the glories of nature, Mr. Witherwill went for a stroll in the forest. His friend and fellow poet, Mr. Fitzjames, accompanied him. But for the first quarter of an hour, the two ambled through the sun-dappled trees in silence. As they reached a part of the forest shaded by a roof of intertwining pine boughs, Mr. Witherwill sighed at last. Oh, the joy that fills my soul at the smell of fresh pine! How sweet, how very sweet are the sensations it conjures up within me! Mr. Fitzjames poked at a clump of violets with his walking stick and glanced sideways at his friend. My goodness, and what thoughts do these sensations inspire? Thoughts too deep for words, Witherwill whispered. When I smell the rich perfume with which these trees have anointed themselves, I recollect the purity and innocence of childhood that blissful time of life when we had not yet lost our unity with nature. Hmm, Fitzjames said after a pause. Oddly enough, I was thinking of childhood and the smell of pine as well. My mother used to make pine-scented soap, and she would always use it to scrub my hands after I'd been out picking raspberries. The smell would linger on my skin until dinner time, and after dinner I would get a raspberry tart. So I suppose I was really thinking of raspberry tarts. Raspberry tarts, Witherwill repeated, wrinkling his nose. My dear Fitzjames, I am at a loss as to how you became a poet with sensibilities like yours. Aren't you ashamed of uttering such nonsense in the midst of this sublime wilderness? It is an insult to the forest. The forest produces raspberries. And I enjoy raspberries all the more when they have been turned into tarts, so I don't see how it could be an insult, Fitzjames argued, pausing to untangle himself from a bramble that had caught the hem of his coat. Witherwill stopped as well and watched him with raised eyebrows. Caught by a bramble, he murmured, beginning to smirk. Fitzjames, I hope you realize that I wasn't caught by a bramble. What? Fitzjames freed himself and gave his colleague a puzzled glance. Oh, that's all very well, Witherwill, but I hope you realize that I was walking on the side of the path bordered by brambles, while your side had only grass and buttercups. It is a symptom of something much larger, Witherwill cried. You see, it is impossible that I should come to any harm whilst in this forest, or in fact on any terrain, tranquil or wild, composed by nature's sublime hand, because I have long devoted myself with reverence and awe to worshipping the unblemished glory of the natural world, which is superior in holiness to anything tainted by mankind. I strive to make myself one with the eternal serenity of the wilderness, and in sincerely desiring to love and emulate all the creatures who dwell here in this blessed place, I know that I have secured myself their care and protection in return. You, on the other hand, spend your time daydreaming about sweets, 
and therefore risk the wrath of whatever menacing forces roam these woods. His speech had hardly died away when a nearby bush rustled violently. Both poets froze and stared at the waving branches. Hello, Fitzjames said, gripping the top of his walking stick. Speak, I implore you, be you man or beast, Witherwill demanded. A sleek grey wolf emerged and straightened up on its hind legs. It smiled at the flabbergasted friends and seemed to hesitate just short of a bow, settling instead on a courteous nod of its bristled head. I've been waiting for an opportunity to introduce myself into your conversation from the moment I heard your approach, it said, laying a paw over its chest. Sir, your kind words are such a compliment to me and the forest that I feel I have to thank you personally. Fitzjames frowned, but Witherwill flushed with excitement and shook the wolf's free paw. This is a dream, an honour. I can scarcely express the gratification you have given me, he gushed. I realise that, though you are traditionally a predatory animal, you would never hurt one who has so accustomed himself to being fully in sympathy with your desires and feelings. Quite true, the wolf said, widening its black eyes earnestly. I see your honourable friend has backed away from me. (laughs) He is clearly not as enlightened as you are. No, clearly not, Witherwill turned to glare at Fitzjames. At that moment, the wolf leaped forward and in two chomps had Witherwill's head and shoulders halfway down its throat. It swallowed forcefully, a concentrated expression on its face, and the struggling Witherwill slid deeper into its mouth so that only his legs remained kicking in the spring air. Before the catastrophe had lasted more than a few seconds, however, Fitzjames lunged and jabbed his walking stick so hard into the wolf's stomach that it gagged, sending Witherwill tumbling back out onto the path. Stunned, both the wolf and the prey, who was now smeared with saliva down to his waist, tried to regain their breath. Careful, sir, Fitzjames said rubbing the tip of his stick to make sure it hadn't chipped. The last thing my companion would want is for you to choke to death on a mouthful like that. (laughs) He is so fond of animals. You just listened to Two Poets by Kelsey McIntyre, read to you by your door-to-door storyteller, Dennis Jers. Thank you for listening. Used by We Are One Body Audio Theater, with the permission of the licensor, granted under a copyrighted license agreement. A production of We Are One Body Audio Theater.